the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi think wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. You just gotta keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> I guess what I was reading on what's what's been on my mind is mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was reading about uh, sort of miracle type stuff that happens around wars more or less mm-hmm. um, miracle not necessarily meaning that it has to be a you know a Christian thing or, or a, you know any specific thing just the idea that uh had popped in my head that you know all these crazy events happen around like really crazy times and mm-hmm. one of the themes among all this stuff is desperation right and so when people are in these kind of apocalyptic scenarios you tend to have these sort of you know miraculous events you know whether it's you know angels or just you know the mystery person who you know does something and then they disappear and nobody ever sees them again kind of stuff and one of them that stood out to me was called the uh, the Angel of Mon, Angel of Mons, the Battle of Mons in World War One. Mm-hmm. Uh, stories that you know the British were retreating, and then these you know angels or whatever uh, started covering their retreat. Yeah, and that story ended up spreading like wildfire, and and it's more or less kind of a known thing. And the uh, freaking cat. Oh, I was like, what is uh, that? Noise? <laughs> you and your damn farm. Squeaky, <laughs> squeaky fart. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh, well, anyway, that story of that angel or that incident, uh, it started off with a guy who had been writing in the newspaper named Arthur Machen, Munchen, I can't remember, Arthur something. Mm-hmm. And he wrote some, some nonfiction articles just about the battle and about the war and stuff like that. And he was inspired by the success of the British in inflicting a lot of damage on the Germans and then mostly been able to get out of there uh, with, it took them a long time, but they were able to get out with any sort of like huge hangups. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a short story. Uh, basically the whole angel of Mon setup. the story was called the Bowman. Well, the newspaper printed that, but they didn't put that it was a fictional story on the article. Uh-huh. And so a whole bunch of people read that, and, you know, here you are in the midst of World War One, and there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people dying. And, you know, it was, you know, the biggest conflict Europe had seen since you know, Napoleon. Yeah. And, uh, Kat, you're going to have to go. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so anyway, everybody was eating up this story and people started asking him for his sources. And he was kind of like, well, I mean, there are no sources because it's just fiction. You know, I just I wrote a short story based on you know, mm-hmm. an event. And 
It really didn't matter what he said, though, because there was a lot of people who wanted to believe that it was true. Yeah. And so I'll be damned if this guy who wrote this story is going to tell them that it's not true. And so as time went on, the story has, has, you know, morphed and changed. And there's actually been books written about how this guy saying that it was fiction, that it wasn't actually fiction, which is kind of is really weird. Yeah. Uh, So it just kind of some of the stuff we talked about last time, some of the uh, I don't even know if QAnon is is the right way to frame it. Anymore, I, I but, think I know what you're talking. I think I think I know what you're saying, but yeah, just just into the craziness, you know. When uh, there's there's people who want to believe something, it's going to be really hard to make them not believe it, yeah, right? Because yeah. you want to feel like you have the moral high ground, and especially if it's in like a really uncertain time, mm-hmm. for time, you're going to cling to those things that they seem or are, you know, supernatural, right? There's some hired thing that has my back. Right. right? And, and that's what that stuff is. And that's what, you know, trust the plan is. And in all honesty, in a lot of ways, that's what, uh, that's what Trump is. I think to, to a lot of people was an idea that there's going to be some great other fixed stuff. I wasn't really going into any of that, even intending to, to end up on like the Trump thing. I just, it just happened. It kind of popped good. in my mind as I was reading on it today. So yeah. Well, no, that's interesting. I mean, because like uh, everybody, like they want their, they want there to be a hero, you know. Yeah. And like in that 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 story about the angels, like obviously they were the hero in that story. But like, so we talked about it in person, but didn't talk about it in the podcast. Just some people I know, um, people from work, people from just people I know, like. The, the QAnon thing. Like, so me and you, we've kind of known about QAnon for four years now. <laughs> I mean, you know, since when it first came out. And you've got these these people that are new to it. And, uh, I mean, when I say new, like, within, like, the last couple weeks, they don't, they don't know it as QAnon, though. They just know that there's going to be this, there's this plan, and they know that uh, yeah. you have to trust it. You have, you have to, you know, have to have faith. And, um, you know, Trump's going to win, you know, just, just, just trust the plan. He's going to win stuff. Stuff's happening for a reason. And I'll tell you what, man, one guy I talked to in particular, he was, so we started talking and I I was getting ready to say, I don't, I don't think anything's going to happen because like I said, I've been, been doing this for four years now and it's always been like next week, next week, next week. So I got ready to bring, bring that up. And he's like, it's going to happen. And I was like, he just shut me down. So I was like, okay, I'll entertain the dude. You know, and great guy, but he was going on and on and on, talking about all the stuff that I already knew about the 10 days of darkness and about his Twitter account getting shut down. And that was all supposed to happen, you know. And it's like he just, like, he said, this was on a Monday or Tuesday, and he said, like, he's like, it's, it's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, a bunch of rests are going are gonna to happen. It was supposed to happen today, but it didn't. For some reason, it didn't. But it's going to happen tomorrow now. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then to the next day comes along, nothing happens. I never say nothing to the guy. And that day kind of goes by. The very end of the day, he kind of comes up to me and talks just for a brief second. He's like, hey, I could." he was watching a video. And he's like, hey, he goes, I'm going to send you this video. He goes, some stuff's getting ready to happen. And I'm like, man, like, nothing happened today, like you said. It was supposed to happen yesterday, like you said. It was supposed to happen the day before, like you said. And it's like, but they still have that, like, that, 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 uh, that blind faith about trusting this plan yeah. this and i goes back to your story I, th- I think people just like they want that hero and they want that 
I don't know. It's I, I don't know if it's good or bad, though, you know? Now that we're talking about it. Because sometimes, I don't know, people need positivity. They need something to look forward to. So maybe QAnon, well, so Biden takes over here in whatever, five days or whatever it is, four days, and QAnon is going to come out. Or, or, well, what QAnon is now, it's not even like a like a thing on the message boards anymore. But it's going to, people are just going to, well, it's going to come out and it's like, I was joking a while back about stuff being on, like, we have guys on the inside. Now we're going to collect, you know, intel on Biden for the next four years. And I wouldn't right. be surprised if something like that happens. You know, like, oh, it's all, it's all, it's all part of the plan. This was actually supposed to happen. But they need that uh, something to look forward to, I guess, or some sort of positivity that to cling on to, I guess, you know, if you kind of understand what I'm saying, through the next four yeah. years. Because I guess if you don't have that, it's like you have nothing to look forward to. And that's kind of like yeah. us. I don't know. So it gets back to kind of that Angel of Mons story. Is and, and there's there's tons of them. That's that's just the one that I ended up on in mm-hmm. the end. But uh, it, it gives you that sense of moral high ground, mm-hmm. right? Because you can say, you know, because in like war, you know, the average person you might be struggling with, is this right? You know, am I really the bad guy? And you mm-hmm. might not think about it that clearly, but nobody's ever really quite sure what to make of it. Right. But as soon as you introduce an element of you know, supernatural or something that is greater than you or any group of 10 people or whatever. Yeah. It gives you back that moral high ground, at least subconsciously. Sure. And so that makes it much easier to, to persevere through bullshit mm-hmm. or to even just hope, right? Because you think, Oh, cool. There's these, you know, metaphysical forces or whatever that are on my team. Mm-hmm. And then that's what you cling to, to, you know, continue trudging through the crap. And psychologically, you know, uh, sometimes people need that, right? Because it's really hard to get people even something else, you know, at times. But I don't know. I just, I yeah, definitely thought that was something to consider. It's really because there's going to be a lot of people that they're just not going to leave it. Like even like this Angel of Mons, you know, even the guy who wrote the story, the Bowman, who kind of spawned it all, is like, no, 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 guys, that this was just a fun story I wrote in a newspaper. Yeah, people just they don't want to believe it. So no, and this yeah, it will happen. That there's going to be people that here in, you know, five days, because, you know, after the day he's sworn in, there's going to be people that still believe that it's a real thing. And, yeah. and, I, and, you know, I hope, and I've said this, I don't know how many times now, I hope that I'm wrong right now. I really fucking do. <laughs> because uh, there's a lot of bad shit look to, for, to, to look forward to, you know, here in a handful of days, and then for the next four years, and then so on. But I don't, I don't know. I, but I don't know. I get maybe people need it. And maybe, I don't know. I guess so it's, so it's not such a bad thing. So I sit here and I criticize QAnon believers. But I don't know. Maybe it's just what they need, you know, to get them through the next four years mm-hmm. to come up with something else. Some, you know, hmm, it's very interesting. Have you, uh, I wanted to talk about this. Have you, have you looked at like Bill Gates? Have you heard of what he's doing right recently? Uh, the last thing I remember seeing on Bill Gates was uh, the, he owns a, f- a crap load of land. Yeah. Like he's, he's the biggest <laughs> yeah. landowners in the country now. He's the, big, the biggest farmer in the United States. That is so weird. Like 227,000 acres. Why? Right. That is, I mean, I, I really want to know why because I don't trust Bill Gates. That guy's creepy. He's, you know, much, much into eugenics. He openly talks about population control. 
Um, yeah. He's a strange fucking cat. And, like, what is the point? I mean, I, I automatically go down conspiracy, you know, lane. And, you know, we were talking earlier uh, in our text messages talking about communist uh, governments or regimes or whatever controlling resources, you know, so they would gather up all the, you know, raw metals and stuff and only certain people were allowed to buy and, and sell them. Uh, always in the name of safety, so no one could build a gun and fight that. But, like, that's kind of the, the... The food goes along the same lines. You know, that's a vital mm-hmm. resource. So, I mean, let's say... Because a lot of weird stuff's going on with the censorship and 25,000 troops in D.C. right now and Bill Gates buying 227,000 acres of farmland. Like, that's really weird. Is he Is he planning, you know, to... I guess hold the majority of all land in the United States and so he can control those resources or him and his friends I guess can control those resources. It's just yeah. It's it's fucking odd. I, I unless he's like thinking about turning it into um like a wind farms or something, you know, and it's all about sustain sustainable green energy cuz you know the green new deal's going to fucking come. I don't know. But I wouldn't think that'd be why would you use farmland to do that? I just, it's real strange. Yeah. The conspiracy one's a interesting way to look at stuff. Cause you know, it's kind of, so he guys like that are on an Island. He has the luxury to think about things that average people can't think about because he has time and he has money mm-hmm. and nothing else to do with it. So I don't know on, on conspiracy side, one thing that would be interesting, like the way my mind works would be to find out where that land is and then where, you know, because it's kind of scattered through places that you wouldn't think Bill Gates would buy land. Like a lot of it was in Arkansas and Louisiana, you know, yeah. places places where you don't think of guys like that. Right. And uh, I'd be curious to know where the land is in relation to like nuclear power plants. So the, the things that are inherently dangerous in case like, you know, Boogaloo, right? Sure. Uh, huh. that, yeah, you're going down a whole other one. path. But on the other one, you know, thinking. you say the. He was, uh, it says his biggest chunks are in Louisiana and Arkansas, where he owns 69,071 acres and 47,927 acres, respectively, in both of those states. Uh, He also reportedly owns 16,000 acres in Washington and 14,500 acres in the Horse Heaven Hills region. That must be Washington. I have no idea. Uh, Because it's just, I don't know. now that you talked about nuclear power plants in relation to that, that's it's interesting. Something I hadn't thought of. Sure. I mean, you know, if you're if you want to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole, is there gonna be some kind of bullshit attack, right? So he's does he own all this like future land and areas that he knows are safe? Yeah. Or nuclear power plants, think about just zombie apocalypse, right? Like so sudden zombie apocalypse, these reactors don't go through like a safe shutdown and get, you know, fuel rods taken out and put somewhere safe. You know, they're going to run for a period of time, but then they're just going to melt down and blow up. Right. So even if you just live near one of those, the fallout, you know, from a meltdown is going to, you know, destroy a whole huge region. So if you're just even within, you know, dozens of miles of one, right, you're going to have all kinds of bad, bad side effects. Oh, absolutely. You know, even probably further than that. Be like Chernobyl. They can't even go, you know, I forget how, I forget how. How much land, how many acres is basically off limits because of Chernobyl? 
but it's a right. fuck, it's a lot. It I don't know. Because in all, in all reality, unless the guy has some business plan, which he is a, you know, like the fourth richest guy in the world, and he's always trying to make money. So he could have some weird idea about, I don't know, growing soybeans or some gay beta shit. But yeah. it's just, it's real weird. And if, honestly, if it was probably anybody else, I wouldn't even think anything of it. But if it's, since it's Bill Gates, the guy creeps me out. I wouldn't trust that guy for anything. <laughs> Because just how, you know, how he is. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So I automatically think it's for something bad. But yeah, we don't, who knows. Yeah. I mean, if it's all active farmland, which, you know, judging by the amount, I assume it's, you know, active farm. It could just be too. He's buying up farms that are kind of on the cusp of not being super sustainable. They're not quite a massive farm, but they're not really small either. You know, kind of those mid farms are the ones that, that uh, have kind of the tightest operating so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe he's doing philanthropy by you know sustaining middle market cow guy right sure yeah could be stuff like that or he has some deal made with the new administration coming in where they can i don't know give away free food or something to those less fortunate i don't yeah. know <laughs> that's something democrats always want to do not that there's nothing wrong with that or anything wrong with that i'm sorry but someone's got to pay for it. <clears throat> yeah. So what do you think about all the uh, the 25,000 troops? Because I brought that up in D.C. right now. And there's like... You know, I've, I've been too lazy to go look and see what is norm. But, but from what I have read, it has been that this is unusual to be that many. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just... It's hard to think about that and not be like, what the shit is going on? Because like... Yeah, this is supposed to be, you know, free old America, you know, and then the narrative they're pushing out is all unity and all this crap. And it's like, that's, you know, even if these diehard Trump people are like legit crazy, like there's a lot of them regardless, think of them. So obviously there's not that much unity and what's the value of unity. If in order to be in charge, you can only be in charge at the end of a gun. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if your threat is I'm going to steamroll you, then that's not really unity. That's, you know, domination. Absolutely. And that, you know, you know, they're not, the news isn't going to show the imagery of that because they're savvy about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But if you had like a bird's eye view of that, I mean, that's exactly what you would see in like, you know, North Korea or Venezuela or something like that. Russia. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just, I keep thinking back of, like, back in 2017 inauguration. I mean, there was legit riots inauguration day. D.C. was burning. I mean, places were being, you know, uh, stores, glass, you know, their windows were all being shattered. Police cars were getting overturned. Taxis were getting overturned. You know, uh, they were getting torched, set on fire. Uh, People died. And so there couldn't have been that many. Because if there's 25,000 people... Or sorry, twenty five thousand troops in DC in two thousand seventeen. That shit wouldn't have happened. I mean, pe- right. they may have started, but it's gonna fucking easily be stopped. And right now, just watch some videos of people, you know, posting stuff on social media, and you know, like, hey, check this out. You know, there's like these roadblocks and stuff. There's like military roadblocks all over the place. It's like that's so strange. What is going on? Because it looks bad. I mean, it looks like something Hitler would have done. You know, he preaching. His inauguration message to 
nothing but troops <laughs> people that have to be there right, yeah and it's like that's what you want that's the image you want to play i mean unless they're trying to set some i mean and you know hitler is probably trying to put off an image of of strength and it's a statement you yeah know, here's power. my power and that may, may be exactly what they're trying to do is they want to say look at my fucking army and that's not good uh it's really not yeah i was so what do you think about the my pillow guy in today you know, he got pictured coming out with the paper. Mm-hmm. It was all about Insurrection Act, Sidney Powell, lawyers, martial law. Yeah. He's cute, man. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, uh, you know, so jokingly, I have, maybe. I have to wonder. It's strange. So at this point in the game, with five days to go, there's still people going into the White House with sure. that kind of stuff in, in speaking with the president about yeah. it. So, which that's, that's I mean, interesting, very right? interesting because, you know, like just a few minutes ago, we we're talking about how Q wasn't real, but it's like, if they're still doing stuff like this, then well, maybe Q is real. Sure. Because sure. If, it's either that or there's, there's just the people believe it much harder than we think, you know, and I, I wouldn't put it past Trump. He seems like he's a egotistical enough person to, you know, he's never going to admit that, you know, I'm wrong and I lost and it was just the way that it was because he just, I don't, I don't know that his personality would let him ever accept that. Yeah. So he might not believe it, but he might like a part of him like acknowledges that because it keeps him from having to believe that, that he ever lost yeah, or, sure. or, you know, wasn't good enough or whatever. And he, well, we always talk about he's one of the, you know, a big grifter and this could be just him still grifting, you know, to the very end. Sure. You know, because my whole thing was on the whole, like, is this something? Yeah. If if it's something, it's like, wait. So you're 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 plotting your your big five D chess move with the my pillow guy. Right. <laughs> just it's kind of it's kind of funny, you know. It is hilarious because so I saw some pictures like two days ago of him coming out holding something. Uh, well, but the stuff you're talking about, insurrection act stuff like that. Just think about where my <laughs> I'm not dogging on my pillow, right? I've had one. I have the same. They're, you know, it's good stuff. The guy seems like a great guy. Yeah. Recovered drug addict turned his life. He's an American success story. He really is. Yeah. That being said, it would be the most <laughs> ugliest, nastiest, sweatiest boomer pillow fight apocalypse revolution ever. Because everywhere you ever hear my pillow ads is like the late Sean night. Hannity's radio yes. show. Yeah, yes. AM radio and yeah. like Fox News. <laughs> so, uh. It's so so strange. When I saw that, and I was like, "This ain't the My Pillow guy." And then right. uh, today, I'm, or maybe it's today, or yeah, I think this morning, I was on Twitter, and it came across it, and it's like, "Oh no, this is really the Mike Lindell guy," and he's actually is putting documents on Twitter saying, "You know, check this shit out. This is proof that you know the election was rigged and whether uh, it was hacked and stuff." And I'm like, "Wait, this is the My Pillow guy." <laughs> I mean, it's right. so, of all people, and and I and I. And I don't know how true it is. It was in the comment section of those those tweets, and supposedly he is good friends with Trump, so Trump trusts him a lot, and I, very well could be. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> just so weird of all people. I mean, and, and yeah. So what would you do if come to find out this guy was Q the entire fucking time? I mean, of all people, <laughs> we've been we just thought he sold pillows. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Right. He quit, quit cocaine and he got addicted to 4chan and making pillows. Oh, God. No. You know, uh, this whole, this whole thing is, it's just what's going on with the troops and stuff. 
So, jokingly, I made like a post on on social media about like communism 2.0 and how basically, you know, Bi- Biden was using like uh, all these big tech companies to uh, to do his dirty work for him, basically, you know, because in a in a communist society, obviously, you shut down your political opponents and, uh, you know, make it so no one can run against you and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, they're talking about making lists and all this shit. And it's like, OK, so basically he's doing this, except he's having his friends do it for him. Well, then then come to find out he has 14 uh, spots on his administration for big tech executive, ex-big tech executives. I was like, okay, so that's yeah. just communism. I mean, yeah, they're doing it a little bit before because they got that power. And then I was listening to uh, Dave Smith and I think Tom Woods. And they, one of them, I don't remember. But anyways, they were talking about, because, you know, the libertarian argument is, well, that's their company. They can do whatever they want because it's a private company and blah, blah, blah. And we talked about that in the last podcast, but it was Dave Smith. He said, he was like, well, he goes, but this isn't like just a regular company. This this is the state. Big tech is the state. You know, they, yeah. they are, and, and, and especially after Biden is holding spots on his administration for 14 ex-big tech executives from all, I mean, tons right. of different big tech companies. It's like, well, yeah, that, that isn't. So I guess for libertarians out there that are struggling – you know, because they want to say, oh, it's a private company. You should be able to do what you want. Well, this is a whole different, whole different scenario. I mean, these are. Well, so speak, speaking of Dave Smith, if you go back and listen to one of his part of the problems uh, earlier in the week, he, he kind of lays it out. He makes a really good case. You can go follow it up. This is probably the best case using antitrust laws to go bust up these tech companies that has ever existed in the history of America. Mm-hmm. Because even when they busted up Standard Oil, right? Rock Rockefeller's oil company. Yeah. That wasn't even busted up until... I must have kicked the printer. Anyway, uh, until much later on, and there were companies that could compete with Standard Oil. Mm-hmm. The problem with Standard Oil is that Standard Oil was selling a product, oil, cheaper than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't compete with standard oil because standard oil could do everything cheaper than you could. Yeah. So they became a monopoly like this. These tech companies are different. They're becoming a monopoly and they're not, it's not like they're offering you something that nobody else could. It's, they won't let anybody else offer it to begin with. I'm butchering the way that I'm explaining this, but uh, you no, nobody's allowed to undercut them, right? right. So, so if Parler comes in and says, hey, our <clears throat> website's not as good, but we're going to do this on Twitter, right? Well, then, you know, the three companies get together and just, I mean, I mean Parler didn't just get banned from the app store. Parler got kicked off the internet. Yeah. Right? Amazon Web Services and, shut them down. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's that's what you're going to see because it's, it's sort of a weird collusion of the three protecting each other's power. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not that they're beating the competition. It's that they're not allowing the competition, right? Yeah. So Standard Oil says, you know, you start an oil company. Okay, cool. I'm just going to knock my price of oil down a dollar. Twitter is not doing that. Twitter is not saying, oh, somebody's going to come make this thing with a supposedly more free speech than me. So now I'm just going to be super duper free speech. That That's not what's going on here, right? right. They're, they're not winning through, I, I don't know. The but, market. It's. It, I mean, that that's, well, I don't know. I guess right. Either, either way, the market can, but that's like. 
Well, so the the other way you're talking about, like how they all band together. I mean, that is the, the market still doing it. It's a really fucked up way. It's but I mean, I I think it was in that same episode. The thing I was talking about too. But yeah, that's uh, that's really bad. And being a anti-government man myself, like I gotta say, I want government involved in that because. There, there is no reason why these companies should be able to band together. I mean, Amazon shouldn't hold that much storage server uh, capacity. Like, there has to be other... And there are other companies out there, but, like, Amazon is huge when it comes to, you know, being a, a website host. Yeah. I don't know. And then, obviously, Amazon has a lot of power, So and so does Twitter, and so does Facebook and all this. So you might have another company that's like, hey, we'd host you, but, you know, we're kind of scared because if they're canceling you and shutting you down, you know, who says they can't come do the same thing to us, you know, with with the power they right. have. So it's, yeah, that's, that's, it's real bad. It's real bad stuff that's going on with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I guess that's, I guess it's when the government actually has to step in and say no. So. So did you see that British guy that wants to start kind of a sort of a new mm-hmm. internet? Yeah, so that's an interesting. Uh, it, it, well, he's like the what the grandfather, whatever they call him, of the internet we have now. So I was I was reading. I read right, the he's article. He's the one who kind of wrote the www yeah. stuff. So, so I mean, like how the internet works now, you know, is basically you you have. I mean, anybody you can anybody can make their own uh, web server. Like I said, I've been trying to make one just for shits and giggles. Now, it's going to depend on your internet service provider, how much traffic you have going to it, and they might throttle you or they might say, hey, what the fuck's going on? But anybody can create that. Now, when the internet first started, that's kind of how it was. It's it's, it's just one giant network of everybody's computers linked together. Well, then you've got, you know, as the internet has evolved... And you got these crazy websites, and you can like shop and stuff online now. It takes tons and tons of uh, storage space. Well, it's really not feasible for like an average person like me or you who maybe wanted to start an online business to have all this storage, you know, all this, uh, you know, uh, server storage at our house, taking up an entire room, you know, having to pay all the bills to keep that running. When you can just pay an X amount of money per month to have an, a host such as Amazon Web Services or GoDaddy or, I mean, there's tons of them out there. <clears throat> so yeah. that it's, and it's much cheaper. Well, this guy, so that, I mean, you know, that's how the internet works now is basically, you know, you get on and you're just connecting to another, another computer and your whole your website's hosted at X place, so it's just connecting over there, looking at it and sending information back and forth. And this guy said he wanted to create like pods. And <clears throat> as much as I could figure out what he was talking about from the article, it's it kind of sounds like maybe it's kind of trying to go back to how things were kind of originally designed, of everybody having right. their own small web mm-hmm. server. Um, and I got to thinking about this today too, so. Like, let's say we'll use, like, Facebook, for instance. So, but, you know, when we log on the app, Facebook, I'm pretty sure they actually just have their own server because they're so fucking big and rich. But yeah, everything is stored on Facebook servers. Like, all my information when I had a Facebook, all yours when you had one, and everybody's pictures and everything. And everybody can go access that, that you know, that, that has access to being your friend and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you could do away with that by, you know, I have my Facebook account, but I keep everything on my server. And then you access my server to see my stuff. And then you have your Facebook account, but you keep everything on your small server or your pod, like the guy called it. 
right. it would it works the same way. Now, the only thing like it would work with like a social media thing probably fine unless you become like a big influencer. Then it gonna it's gonna come down to the more people are trying to access your shit at once. Obviously, hogs bandwidth and obviously, you know, space and everything. So that would kind of get kind of interesting. Um, or like a website, you know, you're selling on. You have a t-shirt website where you sell t-shirts. Well, you you know, same same kind of deal. It would uh it would start to get kind of interesting with that. But unless you had a company, which this kind of still goes back to how it is now, is let's say you you had your little pod or your server, but it's it's a company own a company owns it and you basically rent it, kind of like your iCloud service now. It'd be like the same thing. Right. Now there's, you know, the other way, you're in complete control of your own data and everything. You know, example two, like like an iCloud, well, Apple is in control of it. I don't know. I think uh, it's it's really interesting. That's what I understood. I don't know. What'd you think about it? Yeah. Well, basically what it all comes down to is is permissions. Mm-hmm. So like what, what I think the crux of, so his company is called Inrupt. By yeah. the way, that's the one. That's the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Anybody listening? The uh, the premise is that so you have a Google account, right? Hmm. Google scans all your emails and stuff like that. And I don't know exactly how all that stuff would change if you still volunteer to do that with Google. But the idea behind it is that these companies basically make money off of your data. Yeah. Like like you use their services for free because they're selling all your information for advertisements, right? Kind of like how sure. a podcast has an ad and you get like paid a cut of. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whatever the internet generates. And what this would do is basically it's kind of just a permissions thing, right? Like your pod is more or less you. And rather than you use this company and then this company get all your bullshit for free, the company, the relationship would be more they have to kind of seek you out to get your permissions explicitly mm-hmm. to do things, which it seems like it should already be kind of possible. It's just there's not a lot of framework for apps and developers to make stuff that way because yeah. the model as it is right now is, you know, Facebook, Google tracking everything you do. And then, you know, they make genuinely billions and billions of dollars every year yeah. taking information that they get for free and then selling it to third parties. So this would basically nip a lot of that in the bud because it puts the power of your information back in in your hands hmm. and you know i think there's there's browsers and stuff now uh, that kind of let you do similar stuff to that you know an apple you know i'm not saying this is exactly what the interrupt guy's talking about but even apple has said they wanted to bake something into the app store where uh, facebook for example couldn't couldn't track you you know through through other apps or they yeah. were going to make it to where anytime one of these apps tries to thing it has to explicitly get your permission beforehand and that's hmm. a that's a financial threat to them because that's how they make most of their money is just sort of the unwitting. Oh, I like Instagram. Here's the Instagram app, you know? And then, right. I mean, hell, how often have you looked at something and then five minutes later, you're scrolling through one of the apps and Oh shit, there's an ad for exactly what I was just talking about. Oh yeah. Every time stuff like that. Yeah. So, and and that's because that company is paying Instagram to say, Hey, I want to have a million hits over the next month on these specific things. And then Instagram says, okay, I'll do that. And I'm going to find specific people that are in that to target. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I guess the maybe, and that, that may, does make sense. What he's talking about with the pods is 
instead of having, I guess, your information stored on their thing and they can just basically do what they want with it, it would be stored on your own little pod or server and they would have to like yeah. come ask you. I, I kind of hey, I kind of thought about it as, you know, I mean, obviously this was before our time, but it, it used to be the door-to-door salesman thing, right? Yeah. It was, it was a bigger issue because they had to go find the customer. Yeah. And now that's not the case. The customers all flock to them. And so the idea is to just kind of turn that on its head again to where now the companies have to come to you again, as opposed to you being reliant on yeah. you know, Amazon or, or whoever. I mean, I like the idea. I mean, because I guess if you want to sell your data at that point, you're the one who's selling your own data and you're making your own money off it. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, that would really really disrupt (laughs) the way things are. Yeah. It's interesting. I, uh, shit. Had something else I wanted to talk about. Oh, kind of like rewinding a little bit here. I should have brought this up a minute ago. Did you see that interview with uh, the Harold Ford Jr.? Fox News did like a TV interview. He's a ex-Tennessee uh, uh, Democrat congressman. I guess he does a lot of stuff with Fox News. I didn't realize that. But so this is really weird. Like they were doing a, uh, you know, they, like he was at his house or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. kind of like a Skype interview now. So he had a picture above his fireplace, a big portrait of Chairman Mao. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then Fox News, like, so they, they, you know, they cut to him, he's talking, and then they cut back to whoever was, was, you know, talking in the studio. And then when they went back to him, they had, Fox News had cropped that picture out, like shrunk down so you couldn't see it. But just out of curiosity, why would anybody, I mean, if you knew who he was, why would anybody actually have that hanging up? Like maybe the guy is just ignorant and doesn't realize it, you know, who he who Chairman Mao was, and he just thought it was a cool looking painting, I guess. Yeah. Seems like I doubt it. Yeah. So being a Democrat too, I mean, yeah. That's so No, uh, that's that's everything that power hungry people worship. Because you look at Mao in the the distilled, cleaned up version of it that skips the millions of people dead is Wow, he got everybody in these rural areas kicked into these super urban areas. Mm-hmm. And then he made them all get jobs in these factories to industrialize the this economy. Yeah. So that this economy could go from really poor agrarian to you know, a, a competitive superpower basically in a span of you know, 60, 70 years, mm-hmm. right? So from a planner standpoint, which is probably how a lot of these lefties would would view themselves in a, in a good light as, as some sort of strategic planner, like they're playing Sid Meier civilization. Mm-hmm. They, they would admire that. Absolutely. Because that that's what they want, right? They want kind of death to the rural. Everybody lives in this weird urban culture thing. And then that's how they view the world too, is, is through the lens of inner city society, socialite. And so it's basically that mindset spread out among the rest of the world and then just ignore you know, all the problems that came with it. Never mind that a lot of people who moved to these cities under Mao who had no choice ended up starving to death because, well, there's no, nobody growing food anymore, right? Right. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, because I've argued with, with left-wing people before that, you know, they defend they defend things that the Soviet Union did that are not defensible, 
right? Like the whole, well, the only failed is because of, you know, da, 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 you know, and they'll just be ignorant of like the economics, right? Right. Like you just, you realize the system doesn't work and it doesn't matter how much somebody might have tripped you up along the way. This was always going to be a problem or mm-hmm. they'll deny the, uh, the Holodomor, which is the, uh, the famine in Ukraine that was entirely man-made, you know, and, and something like 11 to 12 million people, I think died just of starvation. And it was an artificial famine because they just took all the food, didn't give it back. Yeah. And uh, that never, get, that doesn't even get talked about in high school classes, no. you know, because it, it would hurt the feelings of, you know, people who try to have this rosy view of what those people were establishing. I mean, Think about China and how big of a player China is on the world stage. And most people probably go most of their entire life and might not even know the name of Mao if they saw a picture, you know, on a wall or in a movie or something like that. Uh Even though he's an incredibly transformative, you know, figure to the level of like an Adolf Hitler or Uh Franklin Roosevelt type, you know, he's, he's, he's that important in the history of the world. Yeah you know, one reason or another. And uh, it's amazing how many people are just ignorant of that and always get to be. Well, people don't like history. I mean, I I think I've met it on the podcast before. When I was in high school, I didn't want, I didn't didn't care for, I didn't care for history. Now I'm a big history buff. You know, I don't know what changed. I just grew up, I guess. But, you know, so many people, they don't pay attention. And and the the history that gets taught isn't even, it's not even, it's, most of it's fucking, you know, propaganda, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, propaganda, that's what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. So, but not giving those people excuses because everybody should know. I mean, everybody knows who Adolf Hitler is. You know, everyone knows, you know, Stalin is. Everybody should know who Lenin is, you know, Mao, Karl Marx. There's a there's some figures in history that everybody should know. And yeah, these people, they don't. And the ones that do know are like the ones that want to worship them you know and right bring back their their failed philosophies you know it's been tried how many times and and we're going to keep trying again and trying and trying and trying yeah i'm i'm legitimately worried about what's going to come in these next four years and i've never been like this you know part yeah, of it uh, it's 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 a tough it's a tough read for me because I've I've kind of gone back and forth a lot the last couple of years about how I feel about certain things. Mm-hmm. Well, I should rephrase that because I don't really feel different about the issues that I care about. But I guess what I mean is I'm really leery in the sense, is this just the new level of political theater and brinksmanship? Because my position as a sort of, you know, wannabe libertarian guy Mm -hmm. trump wasn't really all that great he said some stuff right and he he made some of the right people mad and i think his his instinct on culture war stuff was positive yeah but that being said most of that stuff does not translate into policy or anything that is going to last so everybody says well he didn't start any new wars well i mean Sorta. He didn't really end any either. And then he escalated like the war in Yemen and you know Syria and stuff like that. And then the economy was I guess good, quote unquote, but it was 
kind of the same bullshit, fake inflationary quantitative easing economy that we've had for the last 15 years, mm-hmm. you know? So he didn't really fix anything there. And is the theater that always is getting ratcheted up just now at the point where, and, and, and I, I don't know, this is a hard one to figure out too. Cause part of the reason they don't investigate some of this stuff is because these people are institutionalists. So James Comey doesn't want to investigate, you know, Hillary because he doesn't want to bog down an administration in something that is just kind of, well, we just need to let him govern. Right Mm -hmm. now to his credit, at least he's having, I hate to use the word principles, but he's being consistent because he's also now saying that they shouldn't do any kind of investigation on Trump, you know, post office because we shouldn't be bogged down in, stuff like that. And William Barr is the same way. That's why there's not an investigation that we know of at least into, you know, Obama or Biden for whatever reason you think there should be is Mm -hmm. because they, there is some truth to the idea that if you just start targeting that stuff, when does it end? Then then you become a banana Republic very quickly because then you really are handing the police state all this power. Yeah. The problem with it is that the police state's kind of in action anyway through blackmail and shit. And then the other issue is, well, if these people really are corrupt, well, the only way we'd ever find out and be able to fix it is if there's this stuff is investigated, right? So you're kind of, you're poisoned either way you go. Sure. And the brinksmanship stuff is how much stuff has Trump said or the Republicans said and then never done anything about it, but they get everybody fired up, right? And then Democrats kind of the same way. I mean, they, they get everybody riled up about a bunch of stuff never quite follow through. And so the Biden stuff, not that I don't have some genuine concerns about, you know, them having both houses of Congress. It's just, I mean, Obama had both for a while and Trump to an extent, and neither of them really did anything unexpected, you know, that that really upturned the apple cart. And uh, it's not that I'm okay with it. You know, it's not like I'm worshiping the apple cart. It's just, this is the same trajectory we've been on for 50 years. So I hate it then and I hate it now. And I don't think it's going anywhere good. Why should I be more outraged today than I was three, four or five years ago? Because what about the trajectory has actually changed? It's like, I'm, I'm sitting on this rocket and it's going, it hasn't changed where it's going. Somebody just changed the music on the radio. Right. So right. I'm, the same level of kind of everything sucks. And I don't know. It's not like the Republicans would have done anything. I mean, that whole, you know, conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit seems to hold up pretty well. Like sure. what, what have they done? You know, I mean, like they're already saying there's going to be another 1.9 trillion stimulus, you know, this first month in office and yeah, well, shit, this is like round four. Right. We're, we're still printing money. And then for me, the big fear would be the gun stuff. Yeah, that's a huge fear. Uh, but, you know, that's been a fear forever. That's nothing new. I mean, Donald Trump, he, he kind of paved the way for some of the accessory stuff through, you know, like the bump stock ban. And yeah. there when there was a, there was some kind of shooting, I think it was in Virginia. And mm-hmm. it was the guy had a suppressor, in, which is almost unheard of that there's, there's a crime involving a suppressor. 
but he was, you know, come out. Oh, I don't like suppressors. I'm, you know, I wonder if these should even be, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. None of these jerks that live in these ivory towers think about things the way we do. They're all against us. So I don't know. I guess I'm just conservatives. Conservatism, I guess, would tell me that I'm supposed to be more outraged now than I was then. But in all honesty, why? You know, well, you replaced yeah. one scumbag with another scumbag. Yes. Yeah, I think the thing that probably worries me the most is, uh, and is guns. It's definitely guns because, uh, bump stocks, not bump stocks. Sorry, um, pistol braces. It'll get brought back up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and so so to so to that point, just to interrupt you real quick. Uh, the pistol brace thing, Trump. That's Trump's ATF. That's not Joe Biden. Oh, hundred percent. Right? So, so why why yeah. am I supposed to be more afraid of uh, Joe Biden, who during his eight years as vice president didn't really do anything to my ability to own or possess or build? But then, as soon as you know, we had the Republican, we saw yeah, bump stocks are a dumb gimmick. Everybody knows that. It's probably part of why it was so easy to ban. But the fact is, they did it. It's still just a piece of property. Yeah. And then even his comments about suppressors. I never heard Obama say anything about suppressors. And then the ATF thing happens under the Trump admin and you don't hear any public pushback. Even if that wasn't something that Trump did, there was enough outrage about that, that he could have come out and said something, but they don't, they, they, they just let it go through its administrative process. And if it passes, it passes. That's what they do. Yeah. And, and, you know, they didn't ever make that public either. Like if I had not gone to, you know, some of the, you know, gun guy message boards, I might not have ever even heard about that. And I have, you know, stuff. And uh, that to me is, is disconcerting because, you know, the conservatives are supposed to be the ones that are on top of that. And they're, they're very clearly not. No. So, well, when they're, when their team and when they're, they're, they're uh, savior Trump is, is kind of behind stuff. I mean, like I've said it before on the podcast and I've said it before just in conversation, you know, I've gotten arguments with people defending why bump stops should be bump stops should be illegal, and it's like, well, hold on, you guys are supposed to be pro Second Amendment, and that involves anything relating to a gun, but all of a sudden, since your your savior said it's bad, you're just gonna okay, yep, right, I'll agree with him. Like, what the fuck? Or even even uh, uh, to bring up Dan Crenshaw again, you know, he was pretty popular there for a while because he supported the idea of the red flag law. Yeah, which is basically government says. Oh, you know, well, you know, somebody said something about you on the internet and turned in a complaint. So, you know, we got to come take your guns until a judge says you can have them back. Yeah. That's and and that, that's like, you know, that's the death of guns without even having to go take everybody's guns because they can just, you know, legal order, legal order. And there's no law. It's just you're dangerous. Right. Right. And uh, that's all that all comes from Republicans. So I don't know. I think pragmatically. Uh, Joe Manchin, I think is his name. He's the. He's a senator for West Virginia, I believe. He's a Democrat mm-hmm. in a red area. He's the one that people need to, to to pressure because, you know, they have it's 50-50. Kamala Harris is the tiebreaker. But if they can get one Democrat to flip on any one of these big issues, then they can't do it. Yeah. So uh, and I think I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's Joe Manchin. I'll have to Google that here in a minute. Uh, but he'd be the guy and he's already I'm pretty sure come out and said he's not going to support uh puerto rico statehood dc statehood or adding any justices to the supreme court that could all change but i mean there's still there's still hope and i in as much as the democrats vote is a block 
I think once they are in power, I, I got to wonder if that's less so because you, you saw when Obama had a super, a super majority and they could have done anything they wanted for two years. Nothing you know, we're not talking 50, 50 like Biden's got. Yeah. They couldn't get shit done because, you know, much like you heard Biden chewing out the uh, black lives matter leadership saying, you know, we almost lost our asses in the house over, you know, defund the police. And this was stupid messaging and, you know, whatever else he was saying, uh, that attitude is still there. there and I'm not, arguing that these people are good people behind the scenes. I'm just saying like they have the same electoral issues that conservatives have in blue areas. And they know that a lot of these places are red and they know that they lost a bunch of seats in the house and they're going into a midterm, which almost guaranteed means that more Republicans are going to get into office because the party in power always loses seats. So they're sweating bullets about that majority thing. So yeah, I, I'd be, I would actually be kind of surprised if they went off the deep end as far as what people think they're going to go. I mean, because mm-hmm. you got to wonder some of the outrage about that is it's a piggyback off the QAnon stuff, right? The Republic is going to fall. Sure. Well, yeah. If the Republic isn't going to fall, it's like, well, it's not going to fall, but like they're going to do some really bad stuff. And they might. I'm not saying they're not. It's just. I think we have to be a little bit more toned and, and realistic about it because I think the trajectory, it just hasn't changed. And, you know, I don't think that this is the end. And then I don't think that, you know, Trump or the stuff we just had was any kind of, was ever going to be any kind of fix. Not that I've thought that the whole time. I just thinking about it now, it's mm. uh, still kind of where we are and where yeah. we always were. And we're going where we were always going. Sure. And obviously if we thought, you know, the last round of Republicans were going to be a fix. Well, boy, howdy, were we wrong? And <laughs> in, in what do we do moving forward? Yeah. That has to be the thing. And and I think some of that is going to involve uh, Democrats because, uh, like like I mentioned, Joe Manchin, right? And he's a Democrat, but on on the issues that everybody's afraid of, that is like, oh man, worst case scenario, Democrats, you know, pack the court and add states and all this stuff. He's against that. And I'm not saying go vote for Joe Manchin or give Joe Manchin money, but if you're going to put pressure somewhere, put it on a guy who has concern about getting elected where he's at. Yeah. Or uh, on all these Republicans that we've seen just waffle over the years on everything, right? Like how the hell is Mitch McConnell still there? No. I mean, there's got to be somebody in Kentucky that can primary that old piece of shit, right? Like how do you have Thomas Massey and Rand Paul? in the same state as Mitch fucking McConnell. Like, how is that even a thing? I think anybody could do a better uh, job than that old fucking bastard. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> no, I could be just... It, I mean, hopefully it's all just, uh, you know, just scared, being scared, I guess. I just, with everything that's happened <clears throat> in this last, you know, I guess couple weeks, the big tech thing, that's, you know, that's really... Uh, it's really something to something to look into, something to think about. <clears throat> Obviously, there's been a lot of talks about uh, adding the AR-15 to the NFA and you know high capacity magazines and obviously uh, pistol braces and stuff. Right. And obviously, that's not good. Um, but like you said, I mean, yeah, they have a majority right now for these first couple of years at least, and nothing could you know probably will happen it'll just kind of stay i mean stale like everybody it is. that's all about republicans and trump I, I will just i mean they passed obamacare right and then so republicans are like, oh we're gonna get rid of it we're gonna get rid of it we're gonna get rid of it yeah when they did not have power to get rid of it they voted over 700 times to get rid of it 
knowing that it was never going to to happen and they wouldn't actually have to repeal it. Yeah. Now they turned around and got the majority and a president that wanted to get rid of it supposedly. And And they didn't vote on it a single time. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see, for example, the, that Moore act that would have made marijuana Uh basically legal by taking it off the DEA schedule. Did the Democrats only put that bill forward in Congress knowing that it would be politically popular, have Kamala Harris's Kamala Harris's name attached to it, mm-hmm. but also knowing that it was never going to pass Congress. And so now that they have Congress won't touch it, do they even bring it back. Yeah. I kind of bet they don't. I wouldn't because be surprised. Think of, think of what a cash cow <clears throat> that is, right? Cause it's not about tax and everybody always, Oh, they're going to raise so much tax money. It's not about that. It's about institutional power and pull. Mm-hmm. And so if the DEA or the FBI or prisons or whoever, their institutions depend on this form of cash cow, they're not going to let that go. Because once you take that away, they don't have anything left that's easy, like marijuana, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and that is a, is a hit to that institution. And the institutions aren't going to just let themselves be killed like that. doesn't matter if the tax money would build a, a school somewhere or you know, houses or let fathers out of jail so they can see their kids, you know, mm-hmm. none of that shit actually matters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. I had not thought about <clears throat> the institutions that it helps. Yeah. I, yeah. On the well, other that, hand, that's why. Go ahead. Sorry. That's why even the Trump stuff, we don't see, we didn't see any of this like declassified stuff until the very end. Mm, uh, yeah. That's why. Because they're institutionalists. Like, like the FBI has no interest in letting you know that the FBI is bad and had corrupt people in it. No, hell never no. going to do. No, it's it's all about, you know, bureaucracy exists to protect the bureaucracy and mm-hmm. continue getting paychecks for the people that are in the bureaucracy. So, it's like when you're at work and you screw something up, right? It's always, you know, oh man, you know, we can't tell anybody about this. You know, you like, you know, a company wouldn't f something up on the production floor, and then want it to be on the six o'clock news. No, fuck no. Yeah. Even if it was a serious thing. And, mm. and, and that's basically it. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, if Democrats wanted to ensure another victory in 2024, I mean, what do you do? You hand out stimulus checks like candy. And you, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, in 2020, well, 2024, whatever, you, you legalize marijuana. I mean, that would be, it'd be fresh yeah. in everybody's yeah. minds. I, I think they hand, hand stimulus checks out like candy. And then they'll wait a year, mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll do the forgive a certain amount of student loan debt. Yes. And then in the actual <clears throat> like when the midterm is getting really really close, mm-hmm. like say twenty twenty two early twenty twenty two, that's when they're going to bring up the legalized marijuana thing. Yeah. Even if it doesn't pass, if only to make all these people have to get on record of do they support it? Do they not support it? And they probably won't even vote on it until after the election. They'll probably use it as a prop up until that point just yeah. to get people fired up. Yeah. Yeah. They're always playing games I and mean, that's just what part, yeah, it's, part it's of all, their job. It's theater. Yeah. It's a yeah. bureaucracy out to save itself. I mean, these, they don't really, and there might be some of them in there, but institutionally it just cares about the institution. Yeah. Wh- I mean, that's part of back to the whole riot at the Capitol thing. And that's, that's half the outrage is just that institution is sacred. Yeah. Right. I mean, that yeah. was the, that was the equivalent for, I'm not, I don't want to use the term atheist, but that was the equivalent of 
of say for a Catholic, a diehard Catholic seeing Notre Dame on fire, you know, to to people that are in sort of this government authority world, which is a lot of people. Sure. That was what the capital thing was to them. That was, that was Notre Dame on fire. Yeah. And you know, what kind of blows me, me away the most is I get those people that work there and that's, you know, that that's their job and that's their, uh, whatever their, their special building. But for everybody like us, you know, your regular average Joe, to see the outrage, it's just baffling. It's like, one, it's just a building. All summer long, there's just buildings, just property. doesn't matter. You know, and right. this is actually public property. We all paid for this, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I get there's historical significance yeah. behind it. But, I mean, it's like people are so outraged over it. It's To me, it's just fake bullshit. Cause it's yeah. like, it's like you. So that's a, that's a good weather test too, is uh, the gaslighting. Both sides do it, mm. but the right is really good at seeing when the left does it. <clears throat> and so they have all their people basically condemning the shit out of this riot thing at the Capitol, whatever you want to call it, but just spent the last two years in complete silence about most of the Antifa shit that you've seen. Mm-hmm. And that's not just the news. I mean, that's people that I know at work. It's as if none of that shit even happened. You have to like painfully bring it back up and say, I mean, do you not remember when all this shit? Mm-hmm. And then usually the response you get is like some little cheesy smirk, like, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Really yeah. though, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. That's why I, and, when, uh, I, when anybody says that to me, I'm like, yeah. oh, so, you know, it's everything's cool until you invade the king's temple or the king's palace. Then it's bad, you know? So, yeah. Is that what we're saying? I mean, because if, if, I guess if you worship these people like a king, then cool, you're out of your fucking mind. But still, but yeah. The thing with the right, though, is we've got to figure out something to do other than to continuously point this out to each other. You know, yeah. like in yeah. <laughs> that our text message group, that's one thing that I always notice a lot. We all end up doing it is, you know, you see something. And in a way, it's the confirmation bias thing because you're, you're just pointing out what you already know over and over and over again. Yeah. Like today, I saw a new one was, you know, part of some papers or something that came out was that Jake Tapper's dad, CNN guy, Mm -hmm. uh, was a big Democrat donor. And he had these ties to, you know, some company or something like that. And it's supposed to be, oh, look, you know, CNN so shady because it's all this Democrat money and stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, number one, I don't care. I don't watch CNN. And then number two. Pretty much everybody knows that when you watch CNN, you're watching a certain view of the news. I, th- I think even most people that I know acknowledge that, that yeah. CNN is not Fox, right? So what are we wasting our time for caring about Jake Tapper's dad? I mean, how, how many more times do we need to refresh in our minds yeah. that, you know, this is somebody that, that is not on our team, if that's how you want to look at it, Sure, you know? But that seems to be such the the thing that's all the rage, right? It's part of that sort of ginned up brinksmanship theater stuff. And it's like, you know, at some point this just, it is what it is and it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And if Jake Tapper sucks, then why don't we watch something else? I mean, and, and conservatives are starting to do that, I guess. I mean, there's, you know, Fox was the only one for a long time. that was like a big thing, you know, now there's a uh, Newsmax and, OAN, which I, I don't watch cable news, so I couldn't really tell you about either one of them a whole lot, but yeah. there's starting to be alternatives out there. And so that's positive to see that there are. Hold on. 
you know, is a conservative movement. But Newsmax and the OAN, they're on cable television. Or I thought that was just. Well, oh, I'm just saying I don't oh. think they're like a over the air. News oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought they were just on the internet, but yeah, there is definitely alternatives yeah, man, I'm a, out there. I'm a millennial. Cut the cord. Same. You know, yeah. So I got. I don't have. That, that's why I always say in that text was to me the one of the better models. Regardless of what you think about Ben Shapiro, I think that the media company Daily Wire and how they're structured mm-hmm. is is I don't know if it's the future, but it is definitely a part of the future because their focus is more on you know, they've got four or five different podcast hosts loosely under the same banner, and they're all a little different, and then uh, you know a more up to date website, and then you know a more up to date you know, YouTube type presence and a bigger social media presence, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, for example, if you go to like, uh, you, you know, Carlson, Tucker Carlson's Twitter, it's like, da, 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 tune in at nine. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah. Anybody under the age of like 40 is just going to catch the 10 second clip on Instagram in the morning. You know what I mean? Right. And so right. Newer media doesn't even bother with that. It's just, you know, cuts right to the chase. You know, here's a, here's a podcast every morning at seven. You can listen to whenever throughout the day or, you know, I'm always on Twitter, stuff like that. Yeah. And conservatives need to be, be better about fighting those rules. And another one uh, is just, you know, the arts stuff, right? And, I, you know, I don't know how broad to do that because like movies, for example, right? If there's all this bitching about Hollywood – I mean, one, why are you still watching those movies? And then two, make your own damn movie, right? Like, mm, just yeah. do it. I mean, Netflix, I mean, not not saying it has to be Netflix, but there's a capacity to do that. I mean, if you if you can tell a good story, there's an amount of like <clears throat> the budget stuff that doesn't really matter, right? Like mm. you can you can get away from having to be a Star Wars level visual effects spectacle if you have a good story to tell and you can start small and and go go bigger as, as time goes on yeah you know i was thinking you were talking about that art and what you just said so like liberal liberals are usually more well classical liberals are usually free thinkers so art goes hand in hand with that and you're conservative you're classic conservative is more of a traditionalist you know this is how we've always done it we should always do it this way because it worked and uh nowadays you know well they're progressives they're not even liberals anymore which is not progressive but anyways i think like the classic liberals and maybe the conservatives like just need to kind of band together because there's nothing wrong with free thinking and, you know, it's kind of what the country yeah. is founded upon. Uh, but there's also nothing wrong with traditions. So you, we need, it's like on the conservative side, you need some some classical liberal type people uh, to, to, to have free thinking, you know. But, but yeah. a, a classical liberal that, that also understands that, you know, just because you've tried something six times, I mean, you shouldn't try it again. It's not going to work, you know, unlike progressives of today. Um and then maybe you can have some more of that, you know, movies, art. Because um, it's, sure. th- it's one thing that the right doesn't have, you know. Um, and, you know, it kind of well, makes... In, in a sense, it's kind of one of those... I wonder if you would consider it to be 
is the arts upstream from culture or is it downstream from culture? Like, cause if art is really a reflection of the culture that you're in mm. within well, the fact that there's more left-wing art just means that the left-wing dominates culture, right? Which sure. I kind of probably would agree with, but if you viewed art as having a, a rather than being a product of culture, being an influence on culture, uh, <clears throat> then that would be a different story because then you would say, well, we need more, you know, quote unquote, conservative or classical liberal art. If we want to have more classical liberals mm-hmm. coming down the pipe later, I think it's a little bit of both, but you know, how do you weight that? Is art more upstream or is art more downstream? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so is the lack of classical liberal art, a sign we already lost, or is it a sign of, you know, we need to do more? Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I was kind of also thinking, just bouncing off what I was saying was, um, you were talking about the, you know, uh, tw- tweeting like Tucker Carlson, hey, you know, check out, tune in, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, yeah, the, the new days, the, like the, the classical conservative way of watching the news is doing that. It's tuning in at right. at 9, you know, 9 p.m. or whatever, 7 central. And, uh, you know, every night and you should have a rigid schedule, except, you know, the, the liberal way is more of like, hey, let's, you know have this podcast i'm not saying bench you know bench that we do it nowadays but it, it, that kind of stems from liberal thinking or free thinking i guess i should say you know of putting stuff on social media and just you know kind of so we we have it a little bit um on the conservative side we just probably need more i guess i should say yeah, but i think I, that kind of, there's one one thing that kind of stuck with me in, in you know here we are kind of doing it is the uh, cernovich guy said once that one of the things he hated the most was that all this Trump stuff just it turned right wingers into news pundits. Everybody feels like, you know, their opinion is somehow more awesome than the other. Or, and <laughs> I think what he was getting at is when you look at conservative uh, social media, this is why this is why Twitter alternatives always suck. And this is Parler's problem. This is Gab's problem. This is mm-hmm. all of it is we get so wrapped up in political stuff that we quit having conversations about other things. And so for me, it's, it's, it doesn't even have to be like, you know, the weather or sports. It's just, where's all the news stories about like science stuff that's going on or, or some new thing that got tested or a, mm-hmm. a car story or, you know, this new product the company put out, like you find none of that on conservative social media. It's just 24 seven, you know, news outrage, news outrage of like political news outrage. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a place anybody wants to go who isn't just seeking news outrage. And so that platform is going to always suck to fail. And there's probably has been a lot of people leave Twitter and go to parlor, but I guarantee you they come back and just have an alt account just to follow the things they want to follow. Because yeah, like you you get tired of just seeing the bludgeon me to death with political stuff after political. And I'm a political guy, but I, even I, it's like, what we were saying, what I was saying earlier is how many times can, can we just go back and forth with each other about the exact same point? Right. You know, I mean, I'm not really on here for that. I'm in here for everything. Yeah. You've yeah. only got this. So yeah. no wonder there's no Twitter alternative because not back to the left wing art thing. I just, if the average apolitical person kind of defaults left, then I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer there is, but conservatives yeah. got to figure that shit out. Got to like shut the fuck up and be well, productive with your thoughts. 
this is a in a different way. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, and this is kind of a. I mean, if you want to talk about it, we had mentioned talking about other things on the podcast, so this will be a perfect segue. We talked about yeah. like you were mentioned like dinosaurs. How people don't believe that dinosaurs are were real. I actually read on that today because I didn't know if we were going to be able to get to that or not. So yeah, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> oh, we we can riff on it a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't read anything so, really on it. I just can't believe yeah, that's a so, thing. So this is I would file this one under like flat Earth type conspiracies, right? Because the people that are down this rabbit, I just I, I don't know that you're ever going to save them. <laughs> no, and probably not. There's actually, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a couple different rabbit holes on the dinosaurs are fake thing, and the one is simpler, and that's the one that I'll cover first because it won't take long. Is basically that uh, the devil made them to confuse people about time and they're not real. What? They're just bones. <laughs> Hold on. Bones of what? <laughs> right. But what? the main dinosaurs don't re- aren't real thing is is sort of more of a QAnon type conspiracy in the sense that it's really long and complex over, you know, long periods of time. Okay. And it argues that uh, the guy who discovered it, Sir Richard Owen, mm-hmm. basically to faked it because he was pissed about Darwin and you know guys like that were getting all this attention and he wanted in on that kind of a game and so they started finding random shit and assigning names to it and then kind of concocting these bullshit skeletons and passing it off as like discovery and then over kind of like how we were talking about the uh, Angel of Mons thing yeah. when when we started people just kind of believed in it and no matter what you said, they weren't going to not believe in it because, I mean, how cool is a T-Rex skeleton? Sure, yeah, absolutely. And so over time, more people got in on this, and it became kind of a a confirmation bias thing. Like somebody would find some bones. Oh, it's a Triceratops, right? And then no matter what you told them or showed them, it was always going to be a Triceratops, right? Because the, the, the cult thinking of it was that now you're going to see this stuff where this stuff never was. And one of the arguments they pull up, is so prior to the 1800s why weren't the native americans finding you know bones of of stuff like this and you know why wasn't there you know all that you know why is there only this european history of of dinosaur bones and it goes on into modern day and kind of you know cartoons and movies and the fossil trade is like this you know bull you know thing right because all these fossils are fake and so now it's a multi-million dollar industry with you know museums and it's all bull crap and they brainwash your kids and what uh so on and so forth <laughs> and, and there's more to it there i mean it's a lot to get through but that's pretty much the gist of it so is that like it's this big grand conspiracy all right okay uh, <laughs> okay so they're th- they're thinking that basically some guy found some bones now mind you big ass bones but he found some bones and then he just started kind of making a skeleton and then was like cool we're gonna call this tyrannosaurus rex now what about the head what about the skull i mean unless you just like found like a bunch of little pieces and made a skull i mean and i I, I, fraud they'll tell you that jack corner's a fraud and all these people are in on it like all this stuff is planted and then they go uh-huh. get grant money to go get up later. So it's all fake bones now. 
So they're yeah, it's all it's all it's all bullshit. They're making fake. Oh, so they make like like plastic bones or something. That's that's why and, that's why it's it's much hard to prove definitively. You know that like this is how I make a fossil. I mean, there's great theories out there that are you know obviously correct. Yeah. But you know it's a process that takes millions and millions of years. So therefore, we could never do it. Which is kind of the grift to get you away from thinking that they fucking cook this shit in a microwave in some lab somewhere, you know? Oh, maybe they're onto something. No. Yeah, and they say that's why the dating system is all fucked up because it's all based on fraud and there's this mass cover up and you know, you know so on and so forth. Conspiracies make me laugh, even though I'm a I'm a big yeah. fan. I so I'd love to love to talk about conspiracies. I, I think they're like just wild, you know, thinking. A lot of conspiracies I don't believe in. Um now there are conspiracies conspiracies I do believe in because there's conspiracies conspiracies that have been proven to be true. Jesus, I can't talk anymore. Um, but like, what makes people think that like all these people, like how many people have got to be involved to for dinosaurs to be fake? Like, you know, I think it's a desire to feel enlightened in a sense and to feel like you're going again like you feel like you're lost in this like sheep herd and and you want to get out and so you have to see a way out of it and so if you no longer view yourself as a sheep even though you're a sheep and everybody else is you know what i mean it's like coming out of the matrix and so there's all of these moments where you want to come out of the matrix and it could be any given right mm-hmm. and I don't know. Some of that I, I wonder is, is kind of how we end up thinking creatively. Cause it, it's that same spirit that makes you do that is what gets you to think outside the box. Yeah. It's just, you know, maybe some boxes aren't really meant to be peeked over. I don't know. <laughs> it's so- I, uh, one I would point to on this one and there's others conspiracies up. Anyway, it's a very Western centric conspiracy. Like, the entire thing hinges on the premise that you believe that nobody found any of these bones prior to uh, this guy in the 1800s, right? Mm-hmm. That this was genuinely when dinosaurs, because that's when the word dinosaur, that's when we coined the term. You know, the natives never did stuff like this. And it's not exactly true. I mean, I'm, I can't really give you like a super definitive answer, but like mammoth tusks, for example, have been stuff that, that natives have traded for a long time. Yeah. Right, and then there's no, there's no uh, mammoths in Alaska, but but you could go up there, and they would occasionally be mammoth stuff for sale, uh, shark teeth, you know, megalodon teeth, stuff like that that people would find laying around. Um, I would also point to in some of the Thunderbird mythology of oh. kind of the northern Midwest Native American tribes when they talk about the Badlands. Uh, one of the myths actually talks about, and, you know, you could still see the big bones from these, you know, monsters in this ancient, you know, battle of the gods and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they don't call them dinosaurs or anything, but in the myth, they're acknowledging that there's these bones that don't have an explanation. Therefore, they must be associated with these, you know, ancient sort of Titan-like, godlike beings, right? Yeah. Which is... It's the fucking dinosaurs, right? Yeah. And then, now I don't know if there's any proof for this. This is just me thinking out loud. But if you think about a stereotype drawing of a dragon in a dragon's head, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in China, where they had a lot of these big theropods, and you found a big T 
T-Rex-ish skull. Because you got to figure, the stuff we find now, the world is more inhabited now. And we're generally more destructive to the environment when we build roads and things like that. So mm-hmm. anything that was just like kind of poking out of a rock and easy to find where there's people, it's, it was found a long time ago and has since been pieced up and split up and, and, and sold off. So how, how can we say definitively that some of the inspiration for a dragon with these big teeth and stuff, maybe at some point wasn't the guy that found the easy to find T-Rex skull and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, cause they're not going to be thinking, Oh, 60 million years ago, some animal died and looked like this. And this is its skull that's left behind. It's going to be like, Holy shit. There's a big fucking animal in these mountains. Holy shit. I hope I don't run into one of these fucking dragons. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's, well, and your uh, thought process is different. Another thing also is that long ago, like Native Americans, they did, they had better things to do besides digging the ground looking for bones. I yes, mean, yes. Trying the whole to attitude of, of Western science is, is just <laughs> different because the rest of the world didn't work like that. So yeah. if you have a Western centric view of the past, then obviously it's going to look wild to you that nobody else did it because you, you're, you're operating under the assumption that this is the only way to do it. Yeah. So everybody before me was dumb. And I will throw this in there because I do think there's some truth to this. There is actually a little bit of racism to that. There really is. Now, I, I'm not going to say that that's necessarily like bad or like intentionally bad, but it is in the sense that it's the default position is shitting on all the other cultures views of history. Even if ours is more historically accurate in this specific context, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just immediately pulling this supremacy card Yeah, because the difference is in, in, you know, this gets, we're getting to the whole postmodern thing is that you're right. The Indians had, better shit to do than like sit around digging holes all day looking for triceratops bones, right? They weren't concerned with that. So they were never going to look. So that's an interesting way to think about it because does the world change even if we never describe or never discover dinosaurs? I mean, no, it really doesn't. You don't have Jurassic park 10 coming out, you know, in a a week or whatever, but right. I mean, the world, world was fine for thousands of years, apparently without dinosaur mania. So that's, yeah, it's kind of always blow my mind uh, how people actually actually believe that dinosaurs aren't real. I mean, it's yeah, just out there. <laughs> and there's got to be some like people really in on this to uh, you know, of all things, of like all things to to wait to you know, uh waste your energy on. Right, to get fired up on yeah, <laughs> is, that one. Dinosaurs are fake. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of those people would probably be the same people that are really down with like ancient alien type stuff and and just in general yeah. kind of a view of we really don't know anything about our history, which, you know, I mean, obviously we didn't write anything down. So there's really nothing that we've recorded. Very true. But uh, if that also, if your view that, oh, we didn't record anything, we must not know anything. But then you go digging to something like ancient aliens and saying, oh, it must have been you know, the Anunnaki or shit like that. It's well, now you're doing what you're doing by saying dinosaurs weren't real. You have basically nothing to go on, but this little tiny little thread and you're Mm -hmm. grasping on it and then building an entire narrative. Right. Yeah. It'd be one thing to say that somebody claimed they found a T-Rex, but it wasn't really a T-Rex. It was actually a giant Komodo dragon. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's a whole different thing than just, it's one of those where the conspiracy has to get bigger at every turn. Cause it's like, right. okay, say this first guy was completely bullshit and everybody in his first few bones were like, 
he ran over his mom's dog or something, you know, mm-hmm. to call bullshit on that would be one thing, but the, to then get to the point where like Jack Horner's full of shit and they're fake burying dinosaur bones out in the middle of BFE Montana, just to pay people to go dig them up later to keep the narrative alive because now there's, you know, museums and an industry and just, you know what I mean? Right. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's cute and on level. I say, because yeah, every time you, you try to attack something, even if they'll say, okay, well that's an attack, then it just means that their conspiracy gets bigger in response. Yeah. 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 To, to cover for the, for the little flaw. Well, and it's just like the flat earth stuff. We'll have to, we'll have to talk about that maybe next time or something. Yeah. That's because that honestly, those flat Earth guys, whoo, they are a wild bunch. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but anywho, yeah. all right, man. Well, I guess that probably covers it. So, all right, all Sounds right, man. Good. Yep. See you later.